Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. We're going to Galatians chapter 3 tonight, and I want to share with you a message um, entitled, um, a message entitled, Stop Chasing the Dream and Start Living It. Stop chasing the dream and start living it. I am um, excited about um, excited about this chapter. I told our Wednesday night crowd last last week, our adults, that I just could hardly wait to preach this message, and um, had was this close to preaching it this past Sunday morning. But instead, the Lord had me preach um, had me preach another one. Don't stop. Don't stop. Tell your neighbor, don't stop. Now you gotta <laughs> listen. I know we made a mistake feeding you before instead of feeding you after, but I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to have to preach with me tonight, all right? Tell your neighbor, don't stop. Don't stop. Tell them, stay awake. Stay awake. <laughs> and, um, but we get into this chapter, and I, I, I'm not going to be able to go through the whole chapter. We've been, um, at the adults, we've been going through the book of Galatians this month and uh, been covering uh, each chapter each week. But I'm not going to be able to finish it. I don't know if the Lord's going to let me finish it Sunday or if I'm going to have to wait until we come back together. But Galatians chapter 3, we're going to read the first 14 verses of this chapter. And I want to share this message with you that's so heavy on my heart of, of where I believe we are as believers in Jesus Christ, as children of God and of the gospel, of uh, stop chasing the dream and start living it. I believe... We spend so much of our life praying and believing and seeking and asking and knocking and refusing to stop and refusing to settle for anything less than the fulfillment of God's promises that a lot of times we live our life as if we're waiting to live the dream of what God has for us instead of realizing that as believers, as those who have said yes to Jesus and the reckless love that we sang about and what He has for us, we are living the dream. Tell your neighbor, we're living the dream. Tell your neighbor, you can live the dream. I feel like that in our society and in our culture today, there is so much of a push, especially in our, in our country. We're famous in this country for the American dream, you know, the, the hopes of coming to this country and living the American dream. So many of us have seen and we've heard and we've witnessed those who have experienced the American dream of coming and what happens when you, uh, when you put forth the hard work and the effort, when you take the gifts or the talents and the abilities that God's given you and you begin to use those and just the power of what happens when you when you chase after that dream and you see that dream become a reality and I feel like so many times we hear about the American dream and and we we see how so many of us spend and so many have spent their lives chasing after the American dream that we oftentimes equate our lives as believers as chasing after a dream that's at the end instead of a realization that it's for today. Jesus is not calling you and I just to look forward to heaven. <laughs> Jesus isn't calling you and I to just look forward to heaven. We, we've heard so many times that, that heaven is real and so many times that hell is real. And while hell is real and heaven is real, the truth is we shouldn't be living our life based upon the end, but what he's called for us today. 
Tell your neighbor it's not over. (laughs) Tell your neighbor it's not over. Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may... (laughs) That you may what? That you may have life and life more abundantly. Why? Because Jesus wasn't intending that you and I would just one day receive life, but that the moment we say yes to him, that we would begin to live the life that he has come for us to experience, that he's come for us to encounter. I think that it's time for us in the body of Christ as as God's sons and daughters to stop chasing after the dream and to start living it. Because there's something that happens in the church when we begin to live according to what Jesus has fulfilled and what Jesus has accomplished for us. Galatians chapter 3, Paul is continuing to address the, the Galatian people who have fallen in to the trap of chasing the dream instead of living it. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 1 says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law? Or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one relies on the law. No one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Tell your neighbor, I'm receiving a promise. Jesus, I pray that in these next few minutes of time that, Lord, you would speak to our hearts, that, God, we would be encouraged and refreshed by the power of your word, that, Lord, we would not settle for chasing after a dream of life and life more abundantly, that, God, we would not settle for chasing after the realization of your spirit at work within us and witnessing, Lord, the freedom and the healing and the blessings and the salvation and the glory of God in our lives, but that, God, we would begin living, Lord, carrying out the fulfillment of that promise just as you 
you've intended. God, I pray that your anointing would rest in this place tonight. I pray that every sick body that's in this place would be healed in the name of Jesus. I pray every person who's battling addiction would experience the freedom of heaven in this house today. God, I pray every person who's walking under condemnation, who's been overcome by guilt, who's been overcome by shame, who's been overcome by fear, would be set free in this place. That, God, they would be so overwhelmed by the love of heaven. That, God, they would realize that they are sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that they have received from heaven a dream that is becoming a reality, that is bringing forth the fulfillment of your plan and your purpose in their life. God, realizing that they have a destiny and a purpose in this place today. God, I pray that we would walk in the anointing and the joy and the hope of heaven. God, I pray those that are hopeless in this place today, that hope would be renewed in the name of Jesus. I pray those that are discouraged, that God, you would swallow up that discouragement by the power of your Holy Spirit, and that the joy and the freedom and the peace of God would spring forth like a well that is bursting, like a dam that is broken, that is releasing your joy and your peace in this house today. God, we thank you for your word that brings life. We thank you for your word that brings freedom. Lord, we receive tonight every bit of it that you have for us. And we say, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Stop chasing the dream and start living it. Stop chasing the dream and start living it. I feel that so many times in our life we spend chasing after the dream, the realization of the promise, the realization of the word or the plan of God, and we forget sometimes that we are living the reality of the dream of what God came to establish and what he came to set forth on the earth. I wonder what would happen in the body of Christ in the church today if we would stop chasing the dream and we would start living it. The problem with chasing after something is eventually you get tired. The problem with chasing after something is eventually you get discouraged. The problem with chasing after something is that eventually you feel as if you'll never reach the destination, as if you'll never reach the point. And the beautiful thing about what we read in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14, is that what oftentimes we spend the majority of our time as believers running after, it has already been accomplished through the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul was addressing the Galatians because what they had failed to realize was that the freedom that had been given to them, the salvation that they had experienced, the relationship with Christ that they had, the moving and the power of the Holy Spirit, the signs, the wonders and miracles of salvation, of healing, of freedom, of deliverance had come to them not by the law, but by the one who came to fulfill the law, whose name is Jesus Christ, who came to bring life and life more abundantly. What would happen in the church if we would stop trying to get good enough to get close to God and we would realize that because of what Jesus did for us we can walk hand in hand with God and be his hands and feet on this earth. Tell your neighbor stop chasing the dream. We spend so much of our life trying to figure out how we're going to get the things that we want, how we're going to attain the goals that we want to achieve. I love Galatians chapter 3, verse number 3. Having begun by the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? How much of our life is spent trying to reach our goals, trying to reach our dreams, trying to reach our effects by our own abilities or our own strengths, when in all reality Jesus is saying to us, if you'll just take my hand, if you'll just walk with me, 
If you'll just spend a little time in my presence, I've got something to show you. Not only will you see the desires of your heart met, but you'll realize that I have even more than you could have ever asked, than you could have ever thought, than you could have ever begun to imagine. If you would spend a little time with me, you would realize that not only do you not have to chase after the dream, but you can live the dream, you can be the dream, you can be the hands and feet of the dream that bring the life, that bring the hope, that bring the joy, that bring the freedom that bring the healing that the world needs. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I'm living the dream. <laughs> Three things I want to share with you tonight of how we can stop chasing the dream and start living the dream. Number one tonight, we see it from, we see it from verse number two of Galatians chapter three. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Number one, we have to stop doubting and start believing. Tell your neighbor you got to believe. We have to stop doubting and start believing. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Verse 3 says, Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Oftentimes what happens in our life is when we don't see the reality of God's plan and of God's promises and of God's Word manifesting in our life, we immediately believe, we begin to believe that somehow we've missed it. We immediately begin to believe that somehow we missed it, that somehow we weren't in line with what God's Word says or we weren't in line with what God's Word meant or what God's will was or what His promise was. And the truth is this, that God works all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. It's what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. It's what he reminded us of because the truth is, is when you and I say yes to Jesus and we become sons and daughters of God, we position ourselves to walk in the plan and the will of God, which ultimately not only brings about the blessings and the favor of God, but sees not just our life and the dreams and the desires of our hearts being fulfilled, but more so than that, seeing the world around us transformed with the love and the glory and the power of heaven. And what happens is when we don't see those dreams becoming reality, when we don't see those promises manifesting, we immediately begin to doubt. Well, God must not have meant that for me. When he said life and life more abundantly, he must not have meant that for me. If, if God knew the desires of my heart, if God knew the dreams of my heart, if God knew the things that I wanted, then he would have already done it, then he would have already made it happen. But friends, can I tell you, it's in that moment that we decide whether we believe or whether we doubt. Because when we believe, what happens is we position ourselves to say, God, while it doesn't make sense in this moment, while I can't figure it out on my own, I understand that every promise has a process in my life. And there's a reason why I'm walking down the road I'm walking down. Lord, I know it seems as if I've lost so much. I know it seems as if nothing's going right. I know it seems as if nothing's happening. I know it seems as if nothing's changing. But I know that you're 
the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you said, if I just believe in you, if I just trust in you, if I just rest in you, then you would fulfill your plan. You would fulfill your promises. You would do what you said you would do. I wonder what would happen if we would stop chasing the dream and instead live it today, walking hand in hand with Jesus, knowing that if we believe in him, He's faithful to fulfill his word and his promises. What happens is the moment we begin to doubt, we start trying to live according to the law. We've done this in the church generation after generation. We begin living according to the law and wondering why nothing's happening. It's because we stopped believing in what he said he would do. We stopped believing in the power of his word. We begin to allow the lies of the enemy and the fear of the enemy through doubt to begin to plant seeds that begin to fester, that begin to choke out the blessings and the promise of the word of God. He said, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. If you'll ask, you'll receive. If you'll knock, the door will be open. Why in the world, in the body of Christ, in the church of all places, would we stop settling? Would we settle in for anything less than the fulfillment of the promise and the plan of God? You see it again and again with the Israelites, God's chosen people, those that God had established and those that God had set apart. How many times did they find themselves grumbling, complaining, frustrated because they had yet to see the promise of God fulfilled? All the while, God had a plan. All the while, God hadn't stopped fulfilling His word and fulfilling His promise. But it's in the process that we oftentimes begin to doubt and end up chasing the dream instead of living it. Tell your neighbor, doubt's got to go. Doubt has no place in my life if I'll just begin to believe. Jesus said, if you'll believe, if you'll believe, if you'll believe, believe in me. Believe in me. God, it doesn't make sense in this moment, but I believe in you. A lot of times what happens in our life is instead of remaining in the place that God has planted us, we begin chasing after something that He never intended for us. And we find ourselves in a bigger mess and a bigger frustration and a bigger situation than we were ever intended to be in because we decided to chase after it instead of waiting on the Lord. Your neighbor, believe. When we believe, what happens is no matter what it looks like, No matter what it feels like, no matter what it seems like, we gain heaven's perspective. And we realize that with God, every seed, every promise that he plants has a process, but that process is perfect. And when that process has been completed, the dream, the promise that God has established springs forth in the fulfillment of life that is everlasting. Paul is challenging the Galatians because what's happened is they've compromised the Spirit of God in their life to settle for the law of God, which is what Jesus came to fulfill so that they could experience life. 
Because without the blood of Jesus, without his sacrifice on the cross, we could never experience what was necessary to live the dream that God had always planned for humanity instead of chasing after the dream that God had planned for humanity. In order for us to stop chasing and to start living the dream that God has for us, number two, we have to walk in righteousness through grace. Tell your neighbor, it's all about grace. It's all about grace. If we're not willing to give grace, if we're not willing to receive grace, we're going to have a hard time walking in righteousness. I I, I love what what verses 6 and 7 says. It says, So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him to righteousness. He stopped doubting. He started believing God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. We have to walk in righteousness through grace in order to understand that we've not been called to chase after a dream, but rather to live in it. It's righteousness through grace that positions us to experience the promise and the plan of God fulfilled in our lives. The, 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 the thing that the Holy Spirit just kept saying to me over and over and over again when I, when I read over these, these verses of, of Scripture was stop condemning what God has redeemed. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, stop condemning what God has redeemed. No, 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 no. You got get it in your spirit. Stop condemning what God has redeemed. This is what happens when we stop living the the dream of God. We start condemning ourselves and we start condemning those around us. When we stop living in the dream that God established for us, we start condemning ourselves and those around us. If there is one place on the planet that there should be no condemnation, it should be the family of God. Stop condemning what God has redeemed. What happens is this. When we're chasing the dream instead of living in it, when we make a mistake, instead of walking in righteousness through grace, we fall right back under the requirements of the law, and condemnation begins to take hold in our spirit man, and we begin measuring ourselves according to the law instead of according to the grace that's been made available to us. Tell your neighbor, you're not perfect. Now look back at him and say, neither am I. I got news for you. If you're looking for a perfect person in this place, they don't exist. If you're looking for a perfect person on this planet, you're not going to find them, except for those who have said yes to Jesus and are living under his blood. Because it's only through the blood of Christ that you and I have the righteousness to walk 
in the dream, to live in the dream that he established because of the price that he paid. It was through the blood of Jesus, through his grace, that you and I have been saved. Because when God gave Abraham the promise, when God gave Abraham the dream, through you, all nations on earth will be blessed. Think about this for just a moment. It goes on to talk about it a little bit more in in Galatians chapter 3, and we'll get into it this Sunday or, or the Wednesday after next. But he goes on to talk about it in a little more detail. And he, and he says, think about it like this. The promise was given before the law. See, a lot of times we have such a hard time in our life walking in the righteousness and the grace that God has given us because we don't understand how our sin can can be so quickly forgiven, so quickly removed with the power of what the law had established and what it had written. But the truth is this, the promise was given before the law. A lot of times, a lot of times we forget the fact that the promise came before the law was ever written. And so God knew that in order to to direct us back to the dream of what he had established, he wrote the law to continue to move his people back back to the dream, back to the fulfillment of his promise and of his plan. And he knew that there was no way that those of us who were outside of his chosen people would ever be able to obtain or ever be able to live according to that standard, that there had to be a sacrifice of all sacrifices that would redeem our lives. So he sent his son. Hmm. So Jesus came, and he died on the cross, and he rose from the dead, so that we wouldn't just chase after something that we could never get, but that we could live in what he had already promised and experience life and life more abundantly. Because the deal is this, when we walk in righteousness through grace, we experience a peace that passes all understanding and a joy that is unspeakable and full of His glory. We can spend our whole lives chasing after a dream and never find happiness. There are, listen... (laughs) If, if you take the American dream and you talk about how, how, how people chase after and how people run after it, even the people that have experienced the fulfillment of that dream, there are so many of them that still don't have peace, that still don't have joy, that still don't have happiness, that still, don't have, that still aren't living life. They're still chasing after a dream. You, you look at some people and you think, why are you still chasing after? Why are you still doing everything that it is? You've made it. You've arrived. You've, you've reached that place. It's because on the inside, there's something that they've still not yet attained, that they've still not yet received. And it's that moment that we say yes to Jesus, that we stop chasing after a dream of peace, that we stop chasing after a dream of love, that we stop chasing after a dream of joy, and that we realize I have all the love, all the peace, all the joy, all the happiness that I'll ever need. We stop looking to what everybody else has. We stop looking to how everybody else does it. We stop measuring our life according to the rest of the world and how everybody else is living. And we realize that God has a plan, that God has a dream, 
dream that God has a promise for me, and it's not about how good I am, how perfect I've been, how much I measure up according to the law, how much I measure up according to the standards of what the rest of the world's established, but I realize by the grace of God, I've received the righteousness of heaven to be able to walk hand in hand with Jesus and to hear straight from him the plans that he has for my life and the promises that he has for me and the things that he wants to do for me today. The things that he's called me to do today. The ways that he's called me to show others. You don't have to spend your life chasing after a dream. You can start living one today where you have a peace that passes all understanding and a joy that's out of this world and a hope that no one can take from you and a a confidence that no one can rob from you because you realize that you've been fearfully and wonderfully made by the creator of heaven and earth, that you've been placed for such a time as this to bring forth the hope and the good news of the world. I wonder what would happen in the church if we'd stop chasing a dream and realize we've already got it. We're walking in it every single day and we've got a dream to share with the rest of the world. You don't have to live your life in hopelessness and despair. You don't have to live your life just barely hanging on. You don't have to live your life wondering if your marriage is going to make it, if your family is going to make it, if you're ever going to be free from the addiction that you're in if you're ever going to be healed from the disease that you're battling you can realize that in the name of Jesus there is hope there is healing, there is freedom, there is grace what would happen in the church if we would wake up and realize that we are the answer we are the dream (laughs) we've got something so much better than just the American dream we've got the dream and the promise of heaven that he's called us to walk in Paul is being so harsh with the Galatians. He says, you foolish Galatians. I just would have loved to have been in a church service where Paul talked like that. Mm. You foolish Galatians. How do you think it would have been to sit there and hear him say that? (laughs) Talk about offended. Talk to me like that. I'm going to go down. I'm going to find me another church. Well, well, it's about how we do it. What would happen? Paul's, Paul's harshness with them, his bluntness, his boldness with them, was not to be ugly, and it wasn't to prove a point. It was out of love for them to say, why would you subject yourselves to that hopelessness? Why would you subject yourselves to that impossibility? Why would you spend, why would you go back to chasing after something that's already been attained? (laughs) I say it all the time, it's like paying for something that's already been paid for. Why are you going to spend your whole life paying for something that's already been paid for? But yet we do it again and again and again and again. And all the while Jesus is saying, I already did that. I already did that. Listen, if you'll stop trying to measure up, if you'll stop condemning what I've already redeemed, maybe you can sit down next to me and I can share with you what's next. I can show you how to do what needs to be done in order to move from this season to that season. If you'll stop condemning what I've already redeemed, you can stop wondering how you're going to get from this season to that season, from this end of the promise to that end of the promise. You'll be able to walk hand in hand with me in the process. Stop 
stop condemning what I've redeemed. And as the church, instead of looking at the world and talking about how horrible and how bad and how terrible it is, what if we'd stop condemning what he's already redeemed and look at the lost and look at the hurting and look at the broken and look at the sick and look at the bound and say, you know what? There was a price that was paid for you 2,500 years ago when he went to the cross and shed his blood. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a promise for you. What would happen if we'd stop condemning what he's already redeemed? What would happen if we would have the eyes of Christ that knew our sins, past, present, and future, and still died for us? How would we love differently? How would we serve differently? How would we speak differently to those around us? Because the same grace that saved me saved you. And the same grace that's available to me is available to you. And the same grace that was made available to us is available to every person we walk in in the same circles with every single day. And what would happen if we'd stop condemning and we'd start speaking life over those people, if we'd start, stop, stop talking about how, how messed up and how broken and how broken down it is, and we would start speaking life and calling out what God has placed within those people around us and realizing that they have an identity and a hope and a future in Jesus Christ and help them to realize that you don't have to spend your life chasing after something. You can walk in it today. Thirdly tonight, live by faith and not by sight. Verses 9 through 14. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith, for the man of faith, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, curse is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Do you realize that Abraham had a promise from God that's still coming true today? (laughs) So many of us chase after, spend our lives chasing after a dream that if we would realize we're already living in the fulfillment of what God's dream and His plans are for us, we would experience the things that He has for us today instead of settling and waiting for something That may just take a lifetime to fulfill. Your promise may be right in front of you. Abraham's promise was being fulfilled right in front of him. But yet he died before he saw the fulfillment of it. God told him your descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky or the sands on the seashore. Count them. Number them. He never got to see that with his physical eyes. But it didn't mean that the promise wasn't just as true then as it is today. And yet God's still fulfilling that promise. Through you, all nations on earth will be blessed. There are promises that God fulfills in our lifetime and promises that he continues to fulfill after we're gone. It's a matter of will we trust him? Will we live by faith and not by sight? Will we be obedient and respond in obedience to what he calls regardless of what we sacrifice? The person, the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham 
might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. In order for us to stop chasing the dream in our life and to start living it, we've got to realize that we live by the Spirit. Paul put it best in Romans chapter 8, if you live by the Spirit, you'll put to death the misdeeds of the body. (laughs) If you live by the Spirit, you'll gain insight and revelation from heaven that will transform your life. If we'll live by the Spirit, living by the Spirit requires that we live by faith. If we want to experience the miraculous things of heaven, we have to be willing to live by faith. But listen, living by faith is going to cost you something. (laughs) Well, I didn't figure you'd shout me down on that point. Living by faith is going to cost you something. Living by faith is going to cost me something. What's it going to cost me? It's going to cost me my comfort. It's going to cost me my preference. It's going to cost me (laughs) me trying to figure it all out and learning to rely on what he's spoken and what he said and what he's promised and knowing that every process that God has is essential to fulfilling the promise that he's established and that he'll fulfill in my life. Living by faith will pull you out of your comfort zone. You think about Abraham's story. God called him to leave the place that he was, to go to a place he'd never been before. And he didn't tell him exactly where he was going. He just said, go. But the the beautiful thing about living in the dream that God has for us instead of chasing it is that it doesn't matter what God challenges us or what God calls us to do. If we'll respond in obedience and we'll obey, if we'll live by faith and not by sight, what we'll experience is the fulfillment of his promise and his plan. Living by faith and not by sight will challenge us because there will be things that God will call us to do, places that God will call us to to go, things that God will call us to give, ways that God will call us to serve that won't make sense in seeing the dream and the promise that God has given some of us specifically in this room. It it won't make sense as to how it's going to happen, but the truth is this, when you're obedient, when you trust Him, when you follow through in the instruction that He gives, the truth is, is that while it may not make sense this side of heaven, the truth is He has a plan. And if you'll follow Him, if you'll trust Him, if you'll believe Him, if you'll obey Him, you'll experience more than you could have ever imagined. And the beautiful thing about the grace of God and the relationship that He gives us is that it pulls us from chasing after it to following after Him and to living in the peace of saying, Today, I'm doing, I'm serving, I'm working, I'm giving, I'm trusting, I'm believing. And in all of it, I have a peace, I have a joy, I have a hope. Like Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I have all I need because I have Jesus.
it changes the way we live because it unlocks the way that we give, the way that we serve, and the way that we love.